Shabbat Shalom, Shalom and welcome. It's Kenny Russell here in Kasaria, Israel. Hope you're doing well today and having a blessed time at this Sukkot. Here I am outside in uh, the Sukkah section we've set up here in the garden. And what an awesome time it is to celebrate the name of Yehovah. What a great time. Don't you all love the feast? Isn't it great we can get together? If you're just tuning in right now, just give us a shout out. Let us know where you're watching from. And uh, hopefully in my feed channels, I'll be able to see those that are saying hello. We've got Russell there in Liverpool. We've got Riva as well joining with us. Shabbat Shalom from New Jersey. Good to see you. So if you're just tuning in, just give us a shout out. Let us know where you're watching from. And uh, we're just uh, going to go into uh, this evening's message and just bring a word of encouragement uh, to each and every one of us. Hallelujah. We've got Lola there in Florida. Shabbat Shalom. Thanks for joining with us. Tonight, what we're going to talk about is rejoice and understand. And we're going to read a few portions of Scripture, including uh, from Leviticus chapter 23 on the importance of the feast. Uh, we've got New Day and Vicky as well. Good to see you in Texas. Thanks for joining with us. So just keep giving us a shout out. Let us know where you're watching from. Looks like our feed is working good here. Um, as uh, uh, yep, as people are coming in from different countries. Oh, what happened there? I think I just... No, no, there we go. We've got uh, Greta as well. Good to see you. We've got um, Deirdre as well. Welcome. Shalom, shalom. Awesome. Hallelujah. So like I said, we're going to talk about rejoice and understand. So Father, as we come together right now, we just ask for an outpouring of your Ruach HaKodesh. We pray, Father, that your word will come alive. We thank you, Father, for the time and the seasons of feasts, that this is a time of rejoicing. It's a time for us coming aside and to come into the rhythm and the patterns of a mighty God, that we will align ourselves with a great and mighty God. So, Father, we we submit our lives to you right now, and we just ask, Father, as we spend this time together, that you will edify and build us and equip us this time of feast in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. All right, so I don't know about you, but we like to sleep out uh, for Sukkot. I've got my tent over to the side. Last night was an interesting night. You know, it's amazing uh, from when you sleep inside to when you're sleeping outside, all those different noises and the things that wake you up all through the night from the wildlife to, uh, you know, just events that's going on within your neighborhoods. But, uh, you know, I managed to stay the course of the night. Uh, my my companions were not that successful, <laughs> you know. They ended up going into the house, and I think what did it for Hannah was when the I forgot to switch the irrigation off. So at four o'clock this morning, all the water sprinklers came on and were blasting against the tent. So when I opened the door, the water's pouring into the tent as I'm running to switch the irrigation system off uh, in the property here. So anyway, hallelujah, we got through all of that. And what a blessing it is to get outside of our dwelling and to be in a place where we are vulnerable before a mighty God. Hallelujah. Anyway, so hope you're enjoying it. I'm going to be sleeping out all week. I love it. I just think it's so important. And, you know, we can never overemphasize just how important it is of getting out of ourselves into a place where we are submitting into the will of Yehovah. So, in fact, on that note, we're going to go to Leviticus chapter 23, and we're just going to read the portion of Scripture uh, for... Uh, tabernacles because you know I know we have uh, people who are joining with us they're not familiar or they might be doing these feasts for the first time uh, we've got a brother and five fellowships in Pakistan that are meeting together doing the feast for the first time in Pakistan so hallelujah that's great what the father is doing so anyway in Leviticus chapter 23 we're going to read from verse 33 uh, and onwards on tabernacles. Then Yehovah said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, Yehovah's feast of tabernacles begins, and it is, uh, and it lasts for seven days. The first day is a sacred assembly. Do no regular work. For seven days present offerings made to Yehovah by fire. And on the eighth day, hold a sacred assembly and present an offering made to Yehovah by fire. 
It is the closing assembly, do no regular work. These are Yehovah's appointed feasts. And what's important about uh, this here, it doesn't say that these are the feasts of the Jews. These are the feasts of Elohim. They are God's feasts. And, you know, you might be thinking, well, you know, I just thought I was a Gentile or, you know, I'm not Jewish. Why is this important to me? I believe that what we are seeing is, is an incredible revival that's going on within the nations as people are waking up. And they're, they're coming back to the foundation and realizing that the feasts of God that we see within the Scripture are for each and every one of us. They're not just for Jewish people. These are the feasts of the Lord. And there was Constantine and Catholicism and Protestant Christianity where their foundation was to remove you from the feasts, remove you from the Sabbath, uh, you know, which is in effect is disobedience to the commandments, the fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Now we've got people telling us, you know, Sunday's my Sabbath or Tuesday's my Sabbath, Thursday's my Sabbath, any day can be my Sabbath. No, it says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. This is the fourth commandment. And if you're okay with the other commands, what are you going to do with the fourth? So what we want to see is the realignment take place as we start to get back into what the scripture says over religion. And we're going to uh, talk on uh, a couple of portions of scripture where we see what the Pharisees and Sadducees were doing even to uh, the Jews back in the time of Yeshua as they were seeking to get them locked up into the traditions of man rather than following the steps and the way of Yehovah. And our focus tonight is to bring back the joy of walking in the feasts. So how do you see the feasts? If you look at the feasts, you might be overwhelmed at the different things that you see because you're not used to doing them. But the more we start to study uh, the Torah and the instructions of Yehovah, we start to realize that these are appointed times. So right now, you are part of a sacred assembly. This is an appointed time for us to come together. And what are we doing here together? We are lifting up the name of Yehovah in the midst of the feast together. We are recognizing that we are coming into the cycle, into the timepiece of a mighty God. You know, timing is everything. And, you know, we don't want to be late for an appointment. If you've got an appointment with someone, you know the date and the time when you need to be there. And here we are in the feasts. And, and God says, these are my timepieces. These are the times that I set aside. Yes, we can fellowship with the creator of the universe day and night, all day, all night. But these are appointed times. This is when you stop so here in Israel, we've just come to the end of the high Sabbath and the normal Sabbath all combined into one. And uh, what a blessing it is. But we are not called to do a regular work. We're called to be set aside in the presence of Yehovah. And it's a blessing to stop, to rest, because we don't realize just how much, um, you know, pressure you can be under in this world system and yes even though we start the day right even though we go through the process of prayer coming into the presence of Yehovah to come to the end of the week and to stop and say father it is all about you that's something that's got to make us rejoice father it's all about you so I want us to come into the place where we understand the importance of rejoicing and we're going to be sharing on the importance of, as we're reading these instructions, you might be watching for the first time and, and thinking, you know, I've never done tabernacles. I don't understand Sukkot, uh, the Feast of Booths. I don't know what it means. Then, uh, you know, I hope that what we share tonight will be an unblessed and encouragement. So let's continue reading uh, verse 37. These... Um, these are Yehovah's appointed feasts, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies for bringing offerings made to Yehovah by fire, the burnt offerings and grain offerings, sacrifices uh, and drink offerings required for each day. These offerings are in addition to those uh, for Yehovah's Sabbaths and in addition to your gifts. And whatever you have vowed and all the freewill offerings 
you give to Yehovah. So these are special times that are set aside in the presence of Yehovah. Verse 39, so beginning with the 15th day of the seventh month, after you have gathered the crops of the land, celebrate the festival to Yehovah for seven days. The first day is a day of rest and the eighth day uh, is a day of rest. On the first day, you are to take choice fruit from the trees and palm uh, fronds, leafy branches, and uh, pulpers, and rejoice before Yehovah your Elohim for seven days. Celebrate this as a festival to Yehovah for seven days each year. This is to be a lasting ordinance and the generations to come. Celebrate it in the seventh month. Live in booths for seven days. All the native-born Israelites are to live in booths, so your descendants will know that I uh, had the Israelites live in booths when I brought them out of Egypt. I am Yehovah, your Elohim. So Moshe, he announced to Is the Israelites the appointed feasts of the Lord. So what do we see in the importance of what we read here is... You know, as we came out of Egypt, we have Passover and the importance of coming out of Egypt, what we see in those spring feasts, and we talked about this on the last broadcast on the Day of Atonement, is in the spring feasts, it's how is these feast days impacting us personally. And listen, every feast will impact us personally, but there's something powerful about the fall feasts, the feasts of the, in the you know, from from trumpets and the seventh month day of atonement and tabernacles. What's powerful about these feasts? It is about the nation. It's not just about us as individuals or your family. It's about us being gathered together as one. And I want us to see the victory as we come together as one, that we will not stand alone, but also in our giving, in everything that we do in life. Are we living for ourselves? Or are we living for the kingdom of Yehovah? And we've got to get to the place where we are raising up the banner of a mighty God and proclaiming his name to this generation. So here we are in the midst of lockdown. And one of the things that we love about Sukkot, and I was just looking at the pictures of the last few years here in Israel and just... Uh, rejoicing over the, the the guests that we had here and the celebration times that we had here in the land. And this year, we can't have anyone gather with us because of the lockdown. Something very interesting happened to me this morning. I was up in prayer this morning, and I got a text message on my phone from the Israeli government telling me that I have to isolate until the 14th of October. Uh, because um, they've got tracking that I came into contact with someone uh, who had COVID-19. And uh, this all happened on Wednesday. We had an air condition engineer out sorting one of our air condition units. And uh, we discovered today that he uh, got he had COVID-19. But when he was here, we're wearing masks and he was outside and so on and so forth. Anyway, I spoke with the government, went through all those things this morning. And the good news is they released me from uh, self-isolation for... Uh, for two weeks. Hallelujah. So that was a blessing, <laughs> you know, but quite a shock to wake up to this morning and uh, hear that. And, uh, you know, there's different conditions that they're looking for, how much time you spent with an individual, uh, how close you were to that individual, and uh, so on and so forth. Well, anyway, when they went through all the criteria, uh, they released me from uh, going into isolation. But we still can't all fellowship with our brothers and sisters round the table here in the sukkah. So anyway, we can rejoice at, at the previous years. You might be in a country where you are getting together and you can fellowship and that's great. But, you know, I also want to ask you, just stand in prayer right now for the nation of Israel because the, the cases of COVID-19 are growing at such a rapid uh, uh, rate that you know we've just got to keep in prayer that we will see a move of the spirit and and these things open up so the reason I wanted to read Leviticus chapter 23 is that we get to the place that we understand the importance that the feasts 
of Yahovah are for every single one of us. It is not just for the Jewish people. If you believe in Messiah, we are called to do what Yeshua did. What would Yeshua do? These are questions that we've got to ask. What would Yeshua do? And, you know, he wouldn't do Christmas. He wouldn't do Easter, those things, because they're not in the scriptures. He would be doing Passover, um, and he was walking in the feast. And we see in the Gospels how he attends in the time of the feast. So we want to be like the Messiah and walk in his paths and walk in his ways. But um, when I was thinking about the importance of tabernacles and the feasts, Every single one of the feasts brings a sense of rejoicing. Even on the Day of Atonement, you think, well, you know, this is pretty, you know, gruesome and what's going on in Atonement. But we are rejoicing because the Messiah is our atoning sacrifice. Praise the name of Yeshua that he paid it all. He paid the price for us. And I want to read Nehemiah chapter 8, a portion of scripture here, because it's really quite interesting what happens in this chapter. But let's read from verse 9. And, you know, this is where I really felt the importance of proclaiming uh, rejoice, rejoice in Yehovah. And again, I say rejoice. You know, we see it in so many songs. And I wanted to go to the reference of the scripture and why it's so important at tabernacles. Because what's one of the key things we see at tabernacles? He tabernacled amongst us. This is the timing and the day when we celebrate the birth of Yeshua. So, you know, you don't have to have jingle bells, but what you can do is you can start proclaiming. You can you can send out cards on the birth of Messiah instead of at Christmas time. You can do it now because this is the time that he was born. And I know there's some people out there think he was born at Passover. But when you start looking at the timelines of, of John the Baptist when he was born and when Elisheva Elizabeth was pregnant, and the cycles of the priest, you'll find out that it was uh, at this time that Messiah was born. And what's important on the first day of tabernacles, the Messiah was born on the eighth day. It was the day of circumcision and the day that the child is named. And uh, Yeshua was named on the eighth day. And it's also the last great day when the Messiah's name is proclaimed to all generations. So we stand upon the rock and we recognize who the Messiah is, that he has uh, tabernacled amongst us, that he has come to the place where he has, uh, you know, he, he's come to earth to show us the way how we are called to live. So we live in booths because when they were coming out of Egypt, they lived in booths in the wilderness. And listen, they were totally in the place of dependence of Yehovah. And one of the things I want you to capture that's very different from today to how it was when they were all coming out of Egypt. When they all came out of Egypt, there was no differences between class. You didn't have one person living in his big sukkah booth and another person living in his little sukkah booth. No, everyone was living in booths. Everyone was equal. We were all one people walking for Yehovah. And I want to encourage you to recognize the importance that we are the people of Elohim. It's not about people on different levels and different prosperity. We are the people of God, and we want to uh, walk together for the purposes of fulfilling the will and purposes of Yehovah. And that's one of the key things I love about tabernacles, that we can join together with one purpose, with one voice in prayer and also in action, that we can make a difference for the King of Kings. And last night as we sat around the table at the beginning of the Sabbath, it's a blessing just to share the foundations of what the key things that are that we see in tabernacles. Number one, we are seeing the importance that this is a season of joy. And we're going to read that in Nehemiah. We also see it's a time when we gather together as the body of Messiah, something that we can't do in person right now. And it's also the Feast of the Nations. During the Feast of Tabernacles, what's one of the key things that happens? Seventy bulls are sacrificed for the sins of the nations. So the, sacrifici the, the sacrificing of those 70 bulls is to, uh, is to stand in the gap uh, 
on behalf of the sins for the nations. So this is an important time in tabernacles to pray for the nations. We don't just pray for ourselves as uh, the commonwealth of Israel, as a house of Israel, but we also pray for the nations. Father, pour out your Ruach HaKodesh, pour out your Spirit upon the nations that your name will be glorified, that your name will be lifted high. Hallelujah. It's also a time of dedication uh, where we are rejoicing. You know, we are dedicating ourselves before him. We're also bringing the first fruits of this uh, second season of harvest. We are praying for the latter rain. You know, I'm watching the clouds, you know, on, on the app for your weather. You know, it's basically sunny, sunny, sunny every day. But then all of a sudden something can change. And right where I'm filming right now, you know, this is the point where I have uh, had my tent destroyed two times because of the extreme wind and torrential rain. And, and me and the dog, Joey Jack Russell, you know, there's times we had sandbags in the tent as we were lying on our army cots in the tent with the rain coming in on top of us and the dogs looking at me like, are we finished? Yeah, we got to stay here. And I'm like, we're going to hang on in there. <laughs> so if you're in a cold part of the world, I know that Jenny and Jerry were saying in Bracknell in the UK, it was pretty cold over there. And uh, it's not easy to be outside in, in this cold weather, but what a blessing it is to be here in the land. Um, so anyway, Feast of Dedication. It's also the Feast of Lights where we recognize Yeshua is the light of the world. We proclaim his light. We proclaim his life together in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Right, I'm trying to juggle how I get my glasses on, hold my Bible at the same time because this table is lower than normal. Okay, so Nehemiah chapter 8. We're going to read from verse 9. Then Nehemiah, the governor uh, Ezra, uh, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, uh, who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is, a, is sacred to Yehovah your Elohim. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some of those who have nothing, and send to some of those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to to Yehovah. Do not grieve, for the joy of Yehovah is your strength. Do not grieve, for the joy of Yehovah is your strength. Verse eleven. The Levites uh, claimed. Uh, uh, the, the Levites calmed all the people saying be still for this is a sacred day do not grieve then all the people went away and they ate and they drank and they sent portions um, of food and uh, to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them now what's amazing here and what we are seeing is they are listening to the Torah being sp spoken. They're listening to the instructions and they're weeping. They're like, oh, we've missed all this. We were in exile. We've come out of exile. We're now back in the land. And right now what is happening, the father is bringing people out of exile. He's bringing them back into the land. He's bringing them back into the, the true understanding of what is your identity. You cannot be a Gentile Christian. If you've been told that you're a Gentile Christian, you have been lied to. There is no covenant in the scripture for the Gentiles unless you're grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. We are called to be one people. There is not two gospels. There's only one gospel from Genesis to Revelation. Hallelujah. So what was happening is they're hearing the, the, the words of the Torah, it says in verse 9, and they're mourning and they're weeping. Why? Because we're not doing this. We are separated from the word. We're separated from the truth. And here's Constantine and his uh, model in Protestant Christianity. They don't understand the feasts in so many levels. And they are separated from the word. And, you know, 
you know, how many times have you been celebrating the feasts? How many years, you know, we've been celebrating the feasts since 2009 and, you know, the Father really spoke to us in 2011, 2012 that radically transformed our understanding as we were able to take hold of the importance of the feasts within our lives. Because we were lied to. We were told a different story. We were told, you don't have to do this. This doesn't matter. That's under the old covenant. We're under the new covenant. It's all it's all abolished in Messiah. These are the things that we were brought up and taught uh, to, you know, to walk in. And then all of a sudden we realize, no, this is for us. This is a lasting ordinance that we just read. So the people are weeping. And, you know, what's Nehemiah saying? He's like, come on, guys, you know, don't weep. This is a day of rejoicing. Uh, do not grieve for the joy of Yehovah is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I'm going to pull on a few scriptures on that in just a minute. But let's just keep reading in this portion here. Uh, in verse 13, on the second day of the month, uh, the heads of the families, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered around Ezra the scribe to give attention to the words of the law. They found written in the law, which Yehovah had commanded through Moshe, that the Israelites were to live in booths during the feast of the seventh month, and that they should proclaim this word and spread it throughout their towns and in Jerusalem. Go out into the hill country and bring back, uh, back branches and olives and wild olive trees from the, the myrtle palms um, and shade trees to make booths as it is written. So th this is something that's important. When people locally find out that we sleep outside during Sukkot and we want to live out within our booths, they're like, what? You know, they're just, it's so foreign to them. But this is what the scripture says. It says, go gather branches. And you can see behind me the branches that we've taken down from our trees and put round over our pillows here uh, so that we can celebrate within our booth. Hallelujah. So for seven days, get in your booth that you should proclaim this word and spread it throughout the towns and in Jerusalem. We should spread this word around and encourage people. Come on, let's follow the feast of Yehovah. It's a time of great joy. Go out into the hill country. Yeah, I just read that. Okay, verse 16. So the people went out and brought back branches and built themselves booths on their roofs and in their courtyards in the courts of the house of Yehovah and in the square by the water gate and the one by the gate of Ephraim. The whole company that had returned from exile built booths and lived in them from the day of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day the Israelites had not celebrated it like this and their joy was very great. Hallelujah! Your joy, as we step out, listen, this is a time of joy. Don't let the devil rob the joys of the great things that the Father has for you. Let's read the last verse here. Day after day, from the first day to the last, Ezra read from the book of the law of Elohim. They celebrated the feast for seven days, and on the eighth day, in accordance with the regulation, there was an assembly. Hallelujah. What a blessed word we see here in this portion of Scripture of the people waking up. Wow, these are things that we have not done since the time of Joshua, son of Nun. And now we want to come back and be obedient to the Scripture. If you're walking, watching right now and you are not walking in the feasts of God because you've been told they're not for you, then I want to encourage you. This is not about identifying with the Jew. This is about you identifying with a great and mighty God. Hallelujah. It's walking in the instructions of Elohim. What a blessing it is. So let's get to the place of joy and the importance of joy. And just like we said, do not grieve for the joy of Yehovah is your strength. I just want to read a couple of verses on the area of joy in Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. It says, For Yehovah your Elohim is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight 
in you with with uh, gladness with his love he will calm all your fears he will rejoice over you with joyful songs hallelujah i love what it says there with his love he will calm all your fears this is why we step out of our homes and live outside under the stars why do we do it father you are my covering you are my protector i need you i thank you father for everything that you have blessed me with i thank you father for everything but i step out of everything that you've given me and i humble myself before a mighty god and i come out into the temporary dwelling into a place that's very fragile within this world knowing that if I am under your care, I am safe. Never forget the blessing and the importance of what it means to be covered by a mighty God. It's not about who's your covering with man. No, 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 no. Your covering is the Messiah. He is the head of the body. Hallelujah. We are the assembly. We are the called out ones. And we come out and we recognize Father, we thank you that you are my everything, that you will protect me. And that's why sometimes even in the midst of the storms, we just hang in, we just uh, hang on through the whole storm. Why? My God is able. He will carry me through. He is able. What are you facing right now, even in the midst of this pandemic and the, the shakeup that's going on within the world? What are you facing? You might be feeling like you've come to the place where you don't have anything to offer. You don't have anything to give. And you're just setting yourself aside. And, and even in the little that you have, you just step out into the place of the booth. You step out into the temporary dwelling to say, I recognize you, God. I stand upon your promises. I need you. In the midst of everything I face, I need you. God, I need you. And I know that you are my source. And just as you provided for every single one of the Israelites coming out of Egypt, in the place of the wilderness, in the midst of all of the dangers and all of the elements, no protection, no city walls, there was a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. My God is able. Your God is able. And what are we looking at? Rejoice and understand. Rejoice in Yehovah. Hallelujah. What does it say? The Lord is your strength. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I know there's some people watching right now and even though you're going through the motions of the feast i want to ask you are you truly engaged in the joy of yehovah are you truly expectant to receive from a mighty god as you step out and become vulnerable because guess what folks it's not what is going on in this realm that's important but it's what's it's what's going on in the heavenly realm it's the spiritual realm that's more real than the earthly realm that's why the blessings that are given to us that we see in Ephesians chapter 1 are given in the heavenly realm. And we are called to pull those blessings down. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Don't store them up where rust and, uh, and thieves and people can steal. No, store them up in the heavenly place. What investments have you been making in your life's journey? And at Tabernacles, it's an amazing time to give. It's an amazing time to sow into his kingdom as we come together and say, Father, we want to be of one heart and one mind to make a difference for you. So you, you, Father, we thank you that you calm all of our fears, that he will rejoice over you with joyful songs. And someone needs to hear that today right now. You might be thinking about where's your joy. Well, I want you to know something. My God, your God is rejoicing over me He's rejoicing over you. He loves you. He cares for you. And he wants you to experience the fullness of joy. When you step out to the booth, it's not just about you living under the stars and saying, God, protect me. He is tabernacling amongst us. We have the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. He's tabernacling with you. Do you sense his presence? Do you sense his anointing to bring forth healing, to bring protection, to bring deliverance? 
don't walk in fear. I break the spirit of fear right now in Yeshua's name. In Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, it says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Do you understand the God you serve? You make known to me the path of life. Father, I come against all the assignments of confusion over people tonight, over what steps to take, what thing to do, how do we walk in this journey. And Father, will you just give us the revelation of your word that we will follow in your word, that you will make known the path that we are called to take. Father, we won't walk alone, but we will walk with others to fulfill the purpose of Yehovah that we'll be about your business, that you will fill me with your joy in your presence. If God doesn't go with you, you don't want to go. You want to go where he has gone. You want him to go before you. We want to be walking in his ways. His eternal pleasures are at your right hand. Receive from Yehovah. Come on. It's a time of joy. In Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, it says, With joy... You will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Are you saved? Are you truly walking in the way that the Father has called you to walk? Do you need to teshuvah? Do you need to repent? Do you need to turn around from how you're walking and start walking in the ways of Yahovah? Then I want to encourage you take this time during the feasts to say, Father, I I need your salvation. You know, another word for salvation is deliverance. I need your deliverance. You know, if you're uh, struggling with addiction, be free in Yeshua's name. What are you facing right now? Be free. Draw from the water. What does Yeshua say? If you come and drink from me, you will never thirst again. This is not water from the natural realm. This is partaking from the heavenly realm. Um, I want to read from uh, Matthew chapter 15 as well, because uh, I think it's important just to look at, uh, you know, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And, you know, look, one, you know, I want us to understand that we are not called to follow Judaism. We're not called to walk uh, with the traditions you know, with the traditions on Judaism. And many people, you know, they don't want to say, you know, what what the Jewish rabbis are saying. They'll say things like, and, you know, the sages of old said this and said that. And what they're doing is they're referring to a people that Yeshua said, do not follow. The greatest revelation you get is not when you go back into the roots of Judaism to open up to try and understand the scriptures. That's not how you're going to understand the word. You need to go through Messiah. Where is Yeshua within this portion of scripture? And, uh, you know, I like how Yeshua handles uh, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law in chapter 15. And I want to read this right now because we just talked about how the people wept because all of a sudden the law has been read to them and they're like, I'm not connected to what I should be connected to. And if you're a believer in Messiah, we are called to be connected to the scriptures. You know, we need to know what the Torah says and how it applies to our life. So anyway, Matthew chapter 15, then some Pharisees in verse 1, then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Yeshua from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. <laughs> Yeshua replied, And why do you break the command of Elohim for the sake of your tradition? For Elohim said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father and mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is a gift devoid to Elohim, he is not to honor his father with it. Thus you nullify the word of Elohim for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. 
they worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. And, you know, what's important, the wind's blowing my Bible all over the place. What's important about this portion of Scripture that we see, these people honor me with their lips. They say all the right things with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. And as we come back to the revelation of understanding the Torah, you're not called to get caught up in the traditions of Judaism. We're called to follow the Torah in Messiah, and there is great joy, and there is freedom in Messiah. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? <laughs> and Yeshua was like, Oh, I can't believe it. I offended them. <laughs> he replied, he says, he says, <laughs> put the glasses on so I can actually see what he says. It says, Every plant... Um, Every plant my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into the pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull, Yeshua said to them? Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. Hallelujah. Leaving the place, Yeshua withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terrible from demon possession. Yeshua did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I was sent only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So here's this Gentile woman screaming out, asking for help. Son of David, she's recognizing who he is. Have mercy on me and bring forth healing. And Yeshua's ignoring her. I've only come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And what's so important about this, this is why Yeshua came to the land of Naphtali and Zebulun in the Canaret in the Galilee, it's because that is the place where the northern kingdom was expelled into Assyria. Uh, they were kicked out of the country, the land of Israel, because of their idolatry and the things that they did against God. Hallelujah. So what did Yeshua do? He came back to bring the whole house of Israel back together as one. So I want to ask you a question. Are you gathered in? Are you connected? Are you walking in the house of Israel? Are you walking in his presence? Are you walking in the fullness of who he has called you to be? So don't miss the opportunity to walk in the Spirit and to live in the Spirit. We want to rejoice together and understand that this feast is for us. Sukkot, to be in booths, to sleep outside, it's for us. And if you're in a cold country, come on, you can go get, in Britain, you can go get one of those Force 10 tents or whatever and those sleeping bags for the Arctic or wherever. But it's just going that extra mile. It's stepping out. And if you can't get outside and make a booth within your home, I, I loved what my friends uh, did um, in the Netherlands. You know, they had this uh, booth over their table uh, in a, a rental holiday home that they were in for tabernacles. They got out of their dwelling into a place to celebrate, to set our side, uh, uh, ourselves aside. So if you can't get outside to sleep outside in your booth, then what action are you taking? You know, another friend of mine was living in an apartment in another country and they set up their booth, you know, within their living room and out on their deck outside. Come on. 
let's get out of the cycle of how we want to do things and say, Father, how do I get in to this feast? How do I really become a part of this feast? How do I see your joy overtaking within my life? How do I get to that place where I see the transforming power of your Holy Spirit? And this is the word. Don't grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And this is a powerful word at this time, but it's also a powerful word for us to store up that we know that, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. His joy is my strength. I want to walk in the fullness of his joy. And I pray right now that each and every one of us will walk in the fullness of his joy, that we will see victory in Messiah. We will see a mighty outpouring of his spirit. That this time of the feast, some people are being mikvahed today uh, in their Sukkot gatherings and take time to be mikvahed in the, the swimming pool or in the sea or in a river, depending on where you live. You know, but let, let's be cleansed at this time before a mighty God and, and come to the place where we are devoting our lives to an incredible Savior. So rejoice and understand this feast is for you. And You know, if you've got friends that are confused over tabernacles, why are you doing these feasts? Why should you be doing this feast? You know, many of us can go back and, and we know that first day when we truly took on the feast. Listen, it wasn't until I got to Israel that I truly understood what it meant to take a Sabbath rest uh, and to set aside the Sabbath. You know, I used to teach, you know, because I was preaching on Sundays and stuff, I used to preach, you know, Monday was my day off. That was my Sabbath. Um, but now I get to walk in the fullness of his blessing and his Sabbath rest. So I want to encourage you, today's the day for you to rejoice. Today's the day for you to understand and share this with others, that others may come into this feast. This is the first day. We've still got another seven days on this eight-day period. Let's encourage others to walk in this journey with us. Let's encourage others to get the benefit out of this feast. It's a time of joy. It's a time for us to gather together. It's a time for us to pray for the nations. It's a time for us to come to the, the feast of dedication. It's a time for us to recognize that Yeshua is the light of the world and that he wants to shine. And he tabernacled amongst us. He was born on this day. Happy birthday, Yeshua. That's where we're at today. Happy birthday, Yeshua. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with tonight's message. And uh, we're going to broadcast each day and just bring forth words of encouragement from the Sukkah uh, here in Kasaria, Israel. If you've got prayer requests, you can send an email to kenny at bulldozerfaith.com and we would love to stand with you and uh, pray with you during this time. And, and like I said, in the area of prayer, take time each day where you're praying for the nations. Pray for Israel. Pray for the nations. Don't just be praying for yourself and your small corner and other believers around you, but let's pray for the nations. Um, I just got a report before going on air that Michael Rood uh, had a stroke. I think I haven't got all the details, haven't seen the details, but stand in the gap and pray for him tonight as well. We just want to pray supernatural healing over his life tonight and we ask for the blood of Yeshua to be with him right now and protect him in Yeshua's name. Let's stand together and see the victory in Yehovah. If you're sick, I just want to ask you to place your hands on the part of your body where you're sick. Just lay your hands on the part of your body and we just want to come together in a prayer of agreement. Father, I thank you that it is by the stripes of Yeshua that we are healed. And I release your healing power. I break the spirit of fear. We come against COVID-19 and we break this disease, this virus over uh, people's lives right now, that they'll be supernaturally healed right now. And whatever sickness people are facing, if it's cancer, uh, whatever type of sickness they're facing, we ask, Father, for an outpouring of your healing power right now in Yeshua's name. Claim your healing right now. Come on, stand and say, yes, Father, I receive 
my healing. And Father, I pray for protection against this virus. To every one of us from around the nations of the world, protect us against this virus. And we just thank you, Father, that even if we come in contact with those that have the virus, that you will protect us in Yeshua's name. I pray for my air condition uh, engineer who um, has been uh, to our property many times over the last four years. I won't say his name on air, but we just stand in the gap for him right now, and we just speak protection over his life, protection over his family right now. And uh, we just ask, Father, that you deliver him from uh, COVID in Yeshua's name, and he will be healed. Hallelujah. If you're blessed and encouraged and you want to plant a seed, this Sukkot, in the header, you will see uh, how to give. Bulldozerfaith.com for those who are watching on podcast. It's bulldozerfaith.com forward slash give. You can give within the currency, your local currency. And uh, this is a great time to give into the mission of what we do as a ministry. Our focus is in writing developing discipleship training materials to broadcast, to bring forth encouragement, to edify the body of Messiah, to train and equip people in evangelism and outreach. That's what we're here for. We want to see his kingdom come and his will done. And I want to take a moment and say thank you very much to every person that pours into the ministry, pours into the work and the things that we do. Thank you for standing with us. Tomorrow, as we come back, we're going to talk about the power of the breakthrough of Sukkot. And uh, looking forward to sharing that message with you tomorrow. And I uh, hope you've enjoyed and been blessed with the message we've shared tonight. And I'll, I'll get to go through all of the uh, comments after the broadcast because they're in a... I can't really see what's happening there, but... Um, Anyway, I'll go through that. I see I've got Jerry there uh, in Massachusetts and Boston. Good to see you. We've got uh, Jeff as well. Good to see you. I'm just having a look, seeing that we've got Larry there. Larry uh, Hardison, good to see you. Uh, we've got uh, William as well. Thanks for joining, William. We've got Joel as well. Cheryl and Joel watching. Good to see you. Hugs Ameach. We've got Melinda. Uh, William's wife, great to see. We've got Cassandra, we've got Rim as well. Hugs Amea, good to see you. <laughs> okay, so we've got lots of comments coming in. I will get through those comments. If you've got any praise reports you want to share, put them on the feeds as well. Don't forget to put the thumbs up right now. Don't forget to share on your social media if it's on Facebook or on YouTube as well. Share with others. Have a blessed Sukkot. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Shabbat Shalom. Shalom Shalom.